0: WSB's Eric Erikson. Atlanta's Evening News is coming up at 5.
1: Between now and then, if there's a traffic red alert, breaking news, severe weather alerts, the WSB 24-hour Breaking News Center will not hesitate to break in. And we'll have more during Atlanta's Evening News from 5 to 7. Depend on it. The new new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Live from the Hill, a very I'm Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. We do have, hey, some, Sean? We have some breaking news. We do have
0: breaking news. It was not an April Fool's joke for Senator Robert Menendez. No. What's been rumored for weeks has now been filed by a federal grand jury in New Jersey. The veteran Democrat uh, from New Jersey, Senator, indicted on corruption charges that evidently include conspiracy to commit bribery and wire fraud. This is, involves a friend and political donor of Menendez's, who's a Florida eye doctor. But by the way, isn't
1: Harry Reid pals with
0: this guy? I don't know if they are pals. I know there was a meeting that involved that Menendez asked Reid to be a part of, or that Reid... I can't remember what it was with uh, with some administration officials that didn't really help this guy at all. But they, but the feds have been looking at whether Menendez wrongly gave help to him and intervened on the doctor's behalf in a medical de, uh, billing dispute. So we haven't yeah. seen the details. It's not on the uh, – it just got handed up. If if you have a reporter at the courthouse in New Jersey, you can get it, but it hasn't been entered in the electronic system, so I haven't seen the, the details. The guy's
1: but, name is Dr. Solomon Melgin. Close,
0: Melgin, yes. Yeah, a friend and, and financial backer of uh, – of menendez's and uh, and there's been stories about the two of them before you may remember that menendez got a little heat because he flew on Melgen's private plane down to the dominican republic and then he paid he back pay the, pay the money the later, well, later. And, yeah exactly and there were some questions about that menendez has always said look the guy's my buddy i've known him a long time you know you can't talk about bribery or or corruption because we're friends and i'm helping him out the last time a sitting senator was indicted, that was Senator Ted Stevens of Alaska, right before the elections yeah, a couple of years ago. He ended up ago. being exonerated. Yeah, they, exactly. That's what I was going to say. They convicted him, and then later on he was exonerated. Well, here's Convicting what I, yeah, members is difficult for corruption. We'll have to see what happens here. Menendez and Harry Reid both
1: met personally with Kathleen Sebelius regarding the Melgen billing issue, and, and Reid had earlier that summer flown on this guy's plane as well for a fundraising trip in Boston. And... Reid was also interviewed by the Department of Justice, but I guess maybe because he didn't go against Obama on issues like the Iranian nuclear deal and some other issues, maybe I wonder if politics comes into play here.
0: Yeah, well, he said, I think of the, the meeting with Sebelius, it was uh, that Reid got the people together and then basically threw up his hands and said, you guys talk, and wasn't involved in it. That's the way that it's been described to us. Yeah, that's a nice nice out. Hey, you know, if you've got to have it, you've got to have it, right?
1: Did you hear the Iranian general declaring that Israel's destruction is non-negotiable?
0: Yeah, I, I figured once I heard that, that wasn't going to go over that well with the uh, with the Israeli government or with a lot of Republicans in Congress. I, what I found interesting today, reading between the lines of the dispatches from news organizations from Switzerland, is uh, some of the wording that's been used from there to talk about, you know, that, uh, let's see, officials say right now... They're trying to produce a joint statement that would outline general political commitments to resolve concerns about Iran's yeah, nuclear In other program. words, a meaningless document that is basically, let's agree to talk about these things down the road. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I guess I would have thought that they were a little nearer to a deal based on some of the talk in recent weeks, but maybe, maybe you I, believe I was looking that at it the wrong way. When, when the Iranian mullah two weeks ago
1: was chanting, Death to America... And the Iranian general saying Israel's destruction is non negotiable. The question that I think everybody's got to ask is why is John Kerry and Barack Obama so obsessed with getting a deal with the number one state sponsor of terror in the entire world? I mean,
0: it was interesting. Today at the briefing at the White House was one of the first times that I heard Josh Ernest raise the possibility of the U.S. walking away. Uh, because reporters kept asking, OK, well, how many days of extra talks are you going to go through? He wouldn't really say, well, we first learned, it was later 24 th- hours, then it was 48 Kerry hours. Secretary Kerry will stay at least through tomorrow. Uh, they, they, he said, well, we'll keep going as long as there's headway being made. But he did, Ernest did say, and I thought it was interesting the way he came out and said it, was that, look, if, if they're going nowhere, then at some point we do have to push away. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday. It's it's always that pressure point of when you cut a deal or when you decide to, to, to move back. And the Iranians seem to be taking a very hard line, judging no. from some of these stories coming out.
1: I, I think after they chant death to America, that's probably a good sign that they're not interested in what you have to offer. Except, Sometimes
0: it might be their stock response, too. No. Um, well, I, as I understand it, other
1: countries have walked away, the, the French, the Russians, and the Chinese.
0: Yeah, some are uh, s- uh, sending home their top negotiators, which raises a question of, Do you have everybody on board to continue with talks? I guess we'll have to, again, see tomorrow what it is. But, you know, uh, again, it just just doesn't look good the way that some of the, the headlines coming out of Switzerland today from the AP and other major news organizations just tells me that they're struggling even just to get to this sort of general political agreement, not even worrying about Filling in all the details till later. Here's
1: how you make a deal with the Iranians. This is what Hannity would do if he was president. Which all right, both President
0: do- Hannity, what would you do?
1: Very simple. First, you have to uh, denounce your prior statements about death to America. First, you have to say that Israel has a right to exist. Third, you have to den- you have to prove to the world and show the world. Changes in behavior. That means you can not can no longer be supplying weapons to Hezbollah and other terrorist groups. Third, you can't be fighting a proxy war either against Israel or through the Yemeni rebels against Saudi Arabia.
0: Well, I was going to bring that Yemen situation up. I wonder if that's had an impact in the talks. Well, I, if the, the whole dispute there and the, and the involvement of the Saudis and the Egyptians and obviously the tacit support of the United States... Uh, for uh, the Saudis and the Egyptians, whether but that's had an impact on c- considering Iran.
1: Considering the president's overreaction to Prime Minister Netanyahu's comments on Election Day that they're busing Israeli Arabs to the polls, which was a factual statement, um, and his absolute indignancy towards that, you'd think that the president might have a far worse reaction when they chant death to America or that Israel's destruction is non-negotiable, but apparently that didn't even change the president's behavior or mindset at all. He He just went deeper into the deal.
0: Well, again, what's interesting right now is if uh, a week ago you and I both would have agreed that, yeah, they're going to get a deal, and then uh, that'll change the calculus a little with how you know the Republicans have to deal with it. But what if, what if they can't even get a general political statement, or what if we read this general political statement would whenever they get it done, and we all, all look at it and say, well, there's nothing to it. It's a nothing burger. I, I do think it strengthens the hand of the Republicans, in a sense, to come back and move on sanctions legislation. I, mean, oh, I I agree, but look at what we've given up in just
1: the last few days, if you read these reports accurately, that we've given up on the spinning of 6,000 centrifuges and heavy water and and ballistic missiles, that, that we've given into demands that Iran be forced to disclose the full range of their activities, nuclear activities, at the outset of the deal. We're going to allow them to run the nuclear centrifuges at this fortified underground facility that's immune from air attacks, so you have advanced centrifuges, nuclear facilities underground, the ability to continue sensitive research, verification sanctions, ballistic missiles, and they get to ramp up their program and put Obama's seal on their first bomb in 10 years. So, I mean, really? What, well, what, what, you what, must what, be
0: reading something different. I haven't read that those things have been hammered out. It would seem if those things had been hammered out, we would no. be talking about an, a general political agreement already.
1: It appears that we've given in on all of those issues, at least in, on some level, and uh, and still the Iranians, you keep reading that they keep coming back and adding more things to the table. Now, you and I discussed a point yesterday that they should just tell the Americans anything they want to hear and take the money. But that, that would seem to me maybe they're not very good
0: negotiators.
1: No, the people that aren't good negotiators are carrying Obama because they shouldn't even be sitting at the table from somebody that's saying they want death to America.
0: Well, uh, uh, good you point, can Mr. also Hannity. say maybe the Iranians aren't good negotiators either if they can't see that they you know might be able just to agree to something, uh, have a good PR kind of thing, and then move on from there.
1: I don't think the Iranians care one lick about it. I think they
0: like pulling Obama and, and carry around. Uh, well, we'll see what happens in the next day or two if we're still talking about yeah. this tomorrow and they still haven't gotten there. Again, yeah. uh, you can't sort of you probably can't let these things just sort of drag on forever because all the parties won't stay there for that kind of negotiation.
1: Yeah, I see Lois Lerner is not going to be charged by the Obama Justice Department. I'm shocked at that.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody is really amazed by that. Uh, obviously, the, the question has been raised before about whether you make a general statement at a hearing, if that waives your Fifth Amendment uh, rights or anything like that. And uh, that, from my reading of it, there have been situations before where people have not been charged on that. Certainly, uh, Republicans, uh, boy, we haven't had much new on the Lois learner or the IRS investigation front in the last few months. I don't know if that means it's sort of melting away or if they're going through a lot of stuff and waiting to bring out more things later this year. Yeah. Uh, so what else we got? We got a House panel now subpoenaing these two Secret Service agents
1: uh, with knowledge about the, the incident that happened in early March outside the White House. when I guess that like a mile or an hour, the, the car hit the area that was being investigated or something. Yeah, this is
0: interesting because there are times, Sean, when as a reporter you get stuff in and you look at it and you think, you know, both of these statements cannot be right. And that's what happened last night. We got a statement from the House Oversight Committee Chairman Jason Chaffetz of Utah, which said, basically, the Secret Service is not helping. The Department of Homeland Security, the overarching department that it's located in, is not helping. They're not producing witnesses that lawmakers want to talk to. uh, What they wanted to do was interview two agents who had knowledge not only about the March 4th incident, but also, also about other issues inside the Secret Service. Have them not testify in public before TV cameras, but come in behind closed doors, on the record. Record transcribed interview, the the Republicans said that the ha- Homeland Security Department refused to do that, that they backed away from that agreement. Then, so I'm typing up that story. A few minutes later, another statement comes in from the Department of Homeland Security. They say they offered to give the testimony behind closed doors on the record in a transcribed setting. Republicans and that Republicans rejected that because they wanted them to be before TV cameras. Somebody isn't right there. I I would say that looking at it from the long view, the Secret Service and the Homeland Security Department certainly dragged their feet on providing information to the Congress about this March 4th incident, so that may weigh more heavily on the scales. But it's obvious the bottom line there is a lot of friction still between the Congress and the Secret Service on this, and I would bet a lot of lawmakers, and some in both parties, frankly, feel like they're still not getting the straight uh, story out of the Secret Service about this and other problems within.
1: Very interesting developments as the Republicans try, the the, the media is trying to drag the Republicans into this Indiana and Arkansas issue, and Ted Cruz and, and Jeb Bush and pretty much every Republican candidate has said, uh, no, uh, Mike Pence is right, Bill Clinton in 93 was right, Obama as a state senator was right, and uh, we stand by it, so... That I think that it ought to be reversed now that Hillary Clinton is weighed in. I, I actually tweeted her. Do you, you know that she has a Twitter account?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I, know what the handle on it is, but yes, it's it would be at Hillary Clinton. Okay, that's easy enough. That's a that's a pretty easy handle, right?
1: So I tweeted her earlier today, and I I said basically, hey Hillary, uh, you know, are you saying that your husband discriminated? Because she was claiming that the, b- these bills are discriminatory, specifically the Arkansas bill was which was written almost directly out of the uh, the bill that her husband supported. And then she hasn't responded to me yet, though. She wrote, like the Indiana law, Arkansas bill goes beyond protecting religion, would permit unfair discrimination against LGBT Americans. I urged the governor to veto, which, by the way, he did. And uh, so I then wrote Hillary Clinton, and I said, hey, Hillary, your foundation took millions from countries like Saudi Arabia. Why take money from countries that treat women and gays horribly?
0: Don't you think that's a good question? Maybe you should ask her if she wants to be on the show with you. Come on! I am sick and tired of people who say that if you debate and you disagree with this administration, somehow you're not patriotic and we should stand up and say we are Americans and we have a right to debate and disagree with any administration. He sounds rather worked up there, don't you think? Remember one thing, the Arkansas and the Indiana statutes or the, the proposed law Um, neither of them are identical to the federal law. They're almost identical. Well, yeah, they're almost identical, but again, we talked about this yesterday. It provides this individual versus individual entity thing where the government is not a part of it, and from the legal people I've read, they say that's the biggest difference in how it it differentiates it from the federal state. I think
1: that was the Indiana bill more than it was the Arkansas bill. Isn't that true?
0: I thought that it also had a little extra part in it. But I, I can, a, I'll can, i happily be corrected on that. There was
1: a poll that came out by the AP just a couple of weeks ago where 57% agreed with the idea that wedding-related businesses with religious objections should be allowed to refuse service to same-sex couples. So that's a pretty—because that seems to be the one analogy everybody's fixated on. Now, there are other analogies that I think you can bring up as well, and uh, but that's the one that I think—you know, what about a— What about a T-shirt company and somebody wants you to print up T-shirts that say you're pro-choice and you're pro-life? Or a bookstore owner, should he be forced to take on pornography, which is Uh, against his religious beliefs? I
0: haven't seen Republicans, uh, all their knees buckling. Obviously, some uh, have moved back, but we'll have to see how it plays out and whether or not it catches fire nationally even more.
1: What if a T-shirt company was asked to print shirts that said Allahu Akbar
0: and he didn't want to do it? Uh, I don't know because his religion. Maybe you want to bring that as a uh, try it out as a test case. That would be a good case, right? Interesting. I'm glad you. I'm glad you find that that my idea is so interesting. I'm not a legal expert, so I, I try not to be
1: one. But all right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. Thank you so much for being with us. See you tomorrow, us. Sean. Toll free, it's eight hundred nine four one Sean. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll debate this religious liberty issue at the top of the next hour. Ambassador Dory Gold on the president, you know, hell bent on. On a deal with Iran coming up. Hey, imagine this. So you have a neighbor. You want to be a good neighbor. So they say, hey, take, an, take keep an eye on my house. I'm going to be on vacation. One night, you're doing your good neighborly duty. You go to look at the house. Their garage door opens. Three men come running out, stealing your neighbor's valuables. One of these thugs draws a weapon on you. Now, you happen to be somebody that has a carry permit, a legal weapon. You have to shoot. You do shoot. You fire. You have to end up killing the individual, the criminal. This isn't a You know, sitcom, this isn't a a drama, this isn't a movie trailer, this is real life, and actually happened to a fellow United States concealed carry member. And uh, anyway, they immediately jumped in and posted his bail, got him back to his family, got the best attorney money he could buy. In the end, he was never charged. It was a self-defense incident. If, God forbid, you have a gun in your house or a gun that you carry and you need help after an incident where you defend your family, you're going to want the USCCA on your side. Go to Hannity4USCCA.com now. Hannity4USCCA.com. They'll give you a free guide that arms you with everything you need to know before you get a weapon. Hannity4USCCA.com. Sean Hannity. News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSCCA.